I do not like change. Those who know me know that I do not like change. I do not do well with change. I like what I like. I like a routine. I'm the most sentimental person you know. Uh, I want things to always stay the same, and I do not like change. I really do not like change. And so I do not like this time of the year graduation. In fact, I'll just tell you, I can't stand it. Year after year, it almost kills me to go through this time of the year. All weekend long, I've watched the post. Some of them, one of them said this, don't know where the time went. Another one says, don't know where 18 years went. Had a picture of the kid. Another one said, so glad for the next chapter of their life. Another one said, so glad to see what God has in store. And I, I read that and I'm like, nope, I'm not, I'm not hearing that. Um, yesterday, Carrie and I were talking and she said, next year Truman graduates and the next year Sarah graduates. And I got in the car and I thought, well, Carrie's absolutely crazy. Truman's four years old playing down the street with the, the same big smile. And, and last year, I just painted Sarah's nursery and brought her home. And I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm not having it. I'm not hearing it. I, for one, do not like change. The problem is this. Time is changing. Time is moving. Things are always changing. Whether I like it or not, time is changing. Here is the serious question for us today, and that question is that. Listen to me this morning. Are we today living intentionally? Are we today living purposefully? And if we are living that way, what is that purpose? As we go through our days, are we thinking about how we are living our lives? Are we considering, deeply considering, how we live our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. We see, the danger is that the world and Satan have lured us and have led us to be oblivious to the time. That's, that's the danger, to be distracted in the time. And we're going through the days, and we've got these things to do, and our schedules are full, and we're distracted in the time. Satan's led us to be complacent, to be comfortable with the passing of time. Well, the question today again is this. As followers of Christ, are we living intentionally, purposefully in these days? Now, I want you to think about that. You, sometimes we hear a sermon and think, boy, I hope they're listening. I want, I want you to think about that. Today, are you living intentionally, purposefully as a follower of Jesus Christ in these days? We just finished six weeks on our eternal home, our eternal reality in heaven. But the truth is, we're not there yet. That's the truth. We're not there yet. And until we are there, we have a mission. We have a purpose in these days. We have a mission until we are. Our message today is entitled, The Times of the Signs. The times of the signs. We're in Luke chapter 21. Today we're going to pick back up in verse 7 through verse 11. Now there's a longer section of verses here. It'll take us about three weeks to pass through it. But we're going to look today at Luke chapter 21. Today verses 7 through 11. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. 
Luke chapter 21, beginning the seventh verse, it says this. They questioned him, saying, Teacher, when therefore will these things happen? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See to it that you are not misled. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and disturbances, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first. But the end does not follow immediately. Then he continued by saying to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places, plagues and famines. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come today, we are, we are truly thankful for a hope that we have that stands on this day. We're thankful for a peace that we can, we, can, we can embrace today that the world could never give. A peace that the world can't understand. A peace that would, if it was the world's, would pass away and be temporary. We're thankful for a peace firmly set in Jesus Christ. We come today and I, I pray, thank you for the truth of your word. And I pray now as we begin to study it, I pray as we evaluate ourselves against the plumb line that, that we, would, we would maybe be convicted today, that we might change today, that we might draw closer to you today, led by the truth of your word. I pray for some in this room that do not know Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that in this hour, in the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that today might be the day of their salvation. Lord, we come and I pray that in all of this, our gathering today, our singing today, our giving today, our praying today, that you would be and have been glorified. Lord, we love you and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Again, today we're going to move back into our verse-by-verse -verse study in, in the Gospel of Luke. We've taken about three months off as we move through uh, Easter and then our sermon series on heaven. We're going to move back into it today, uh, get started back in that. And as we do, we need to really go back and regain the context. We need to reset the context today. And so, so understand, as we move now back to the Gospel of Luke and our, and our study there, as we pick back up here in chapter 21, understand... Jesus is in his last week. And really that, that context really overarches everything. Think about that. Jesus is in his last week. He has passed through the day of his triumphal entry. We, we have studied about that. He has entered down into Jerusalem, the great Jewish capital city. He's come down into the city. The Bible records that he has confronted the false religion that was going on there at the temple. We read the account as he goes there and he throws out the money changers. He has called out the, the scribes and the Pharisees there at the temple. Uh, they are furious with him. They are fuming at him. Even now as we read our verses, they are somewhere plotting against him. And understand, Jesus, step by step, is walking ever closer to the cross of Calvary. Now I want you to picture that. I want you to think about that this morning. Every minute that passes, he is another minute closer to the cross of Calvary. 
Every step that he will take is a step closer to the cross of Calvary. And there is an urgency in the air. There is a deliberateness with every word that is spoken, every action that is taken. And and all the way back to the garden, all the way back to that first sin of man that set God's plan for the redemption of sinners into motion. Everything has led to this week. Everything has, has brought itself to the events of this week. And the main event of this week is soon to draw near. And in that expectation, in that tension, we have our verses Today, So understand, Jesus in his last week, and with the, the cross looming, he now speaks these verses. Starts off today in verse 7. And they question him, saying, Teacher, when therefore will these things happen? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? Now, I think it's kind of interesting. In chapter 21, we find Jesus there, and he's with his disciples, and he is, he is there at the temple watching the goings-on. Really, he's there, and, and he is taught, and he's teaching his disciples, but really they are, they are there at the temple, and they are watching the goings-on, he and his disciples. Now, as, as I thought about just that, what would it be like to watch our gathering even today? What would it be like? I wonder sometimes if we took a video and we watched our faces as we filed in today. Our faces as we sing our songs. These, some of you are sad, these are the days of Elijah. I wonder what it would be like to watch us in our giving, if you could see what we gave in our hearts as we did it. I wonder what it would be like as we actually shook people's hands and, and greeted them. Maybe we act like we don't see them. Maybe we shake their hand. There's a, there's a falseness in our hearts. I wonder what it would be like to see what we're thinking is the Word of God, the living Word of God, active and sharper than a double-edged sword, is preached. Well, if I get to United, they have roast on today. I wonder what it would be like to observe us in our gathering. Well, he's sitting there and they're observing the gathering. He has noticed, he's pointed out the rich and how they give in pretense out of the surplus, he says. He watched the widow who came and he gave all that she had. And he tells the disciples a lesson from that. In verse 6, he tells about a day when the great temple, the beloved temple, will be destroyed. He says, not one stone will be left upon another. And he, he talks about the destruction of their beloved temple. And then naturally, the disciples ask the question, when will that take place? Naturally, they question him about, about the future. Realize this. This is his last recorded block of teaching in the Gospel of Luke before the cross. Now, we're going to have the events of the Lord's Supper. There are some truths there in that. We're going to see that. But really, this is his last block of teaching before the cross recorded here in Luke's Gospel. And if you notice, right before the cross, as he teaches here, as he takes this opportunity to teach, he is talking about the things that are to come. He is talking about the future. Really, he's talking about his coming again. See this. The Bible says our instruction is, this is talking about us, that we are to be aware 
of the times in which we are living. Luke chapter 12, verse 56, if you remember, it says, discern the times in which you live. We're not to be oblivious to the times in which we're living in, the times, the days that we're passing through. Now think about this this morning. The Old Testament prophets, they told that the Messiah was coming. They foretold that the Messiah was coming. They, that's what they did. They said there's a hope. There's a Messiah that's coming, the anointed of God. They foretold that the Messiah was coming. They said he'll be born of a virgin. He'll be born in Bethlehem. He'll be in the line. He'll be in the lineage of David. He'll go to Egypt and he'll return back from Egypt and on and on and on. They, they foretold that the Messiah is coming and yet they didn't discern the times. The Messiah comes, Jesus. Luke chapter four, remember we, we find that he's reading the, the prophecy of the scroll. It happens to be Isaiah 61. And he says, today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. He says, I am the Messiah. I am the one. I'm the Savior of God. And he does all of these miracles proclaiming that he is the Messiah. He does all these miracles, these wondrous things confirming that he is the Messiah. And yet, they did not discern the times. Jesus, the Messiah, said that he would die and that he would rise again in three days. He told them that. He said, as, as Jonah is in the belly of the fish three days, so will the Son of Man be. He says, I will die and I will live again. Yet again, we see they didn't discern the times and even the disciples couldn't believe it. He told them he would be alive again in three days. Listen, be very clear. Just as we are sure of the first coming of our Savior Jesus, just as we are sure of his death and his resurrection on the cross of Calvary, Jesus has told us of his coming again and all that will transpire and all that that will mean. And the question today is, will we discern the times? Will we be ready? Hear the point to that. Get the point to that. Listen, the point to this, the point to these section of verses, the point to Bible prophecy is not to figure out a puzzle. It's not that you might know some unknowable thing. It's not that you might know something that somebody else does not know. No, it is to know that there is a day coming very soon when Jesus will come again and he's coming in judgment of those who've rejected him and on that day his grace towards them will be extinguished and they will perish for eternity apart from him and our call today is that discerning the times that we would stand up and say there is still hope in our Savior Jesus Christ be saved be saved today that is why we discern the times So understand the point that Jesus is making, the point to, to Bible prophecy is that we would discern the urgency of the day and we would lead many people to faith in Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. That's the point to it, that we as believers would lead many people to faith in Jesus Christ. Verse eight. And he said... See to it that you are not misled, 
For many will come in my name saying, I am he and the time is near. Do not go after them. Now stay hooked right here. See to it translates, it means take heed, perceive. And it's, it's really an active, an active call, be about it. Be about it. Take, take heed. See to it that you are not misled. That, that translates carried away, deceived, led to the wrong outcome. It, it literally translates this, roam into error. And so what, he, what Jesus says here is, is be about it. Be careful, be diligent that you do not roam into error, that you do not roam, that you're not carried away into falsehood. For many will come and they will lie and they will deceive and they will say, I am he, I am he, I am the one, I am he. And they will say, the time is near, the time is near. This is the day, this is the day. The Mormon cult starts and Joseph Smith gives a date. The Jehovah's Witnesses have given over 122 dates. Seventh-day Adventists start off and there's a prophet and they give a date. And on and on and on. Many are going to come and say, I am he. This is the date. Jesus says, do not go after them. It translates, get in behind them. It, It literally translates, Go backward with them. Do not get in with them and and go the wrong direction. Don't get in behind them and travel backwards. In their time, in this day, many had come, had actually already come, and secular historians, some Jewish historians, tell us that several would show up every year. They They would play on people's emotions and the Passover would come and, and they would show up and they would come there into the capital city and they would show up and say, I am the one. And they would start to tell the proof, I am the one. And this is it. This is the time. And they would try to, to make their case, I am the one. And every time some people would, would buy into it and people would, would get into it and they would start to say, have you heard the one is here and, and we saw him yesterday and he was teaching over there and, and an uprising would begin and a swell would begin and they would be carried away. Hear me. Today, we live in the greatest age of the false teachers since the ascension of Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I said? We live in the greatest age of the false teacher since the ascension of Jesus Christ. And they are lying today and they are deceiving today and they are twisting today and they are distorting today. And people are eating it up and they're eating it up hand over fist. They're eating it up. And those folks that follow them, they are roaming into error. They're walking into falsehood and they're being carried away. And the outcome's not gonna be cute and the outcome's not gonna be funny. They're gonna be led to destruction and the outcome will be total devastation open our eyes it's it's Satan's plan let me tell you the most discouraging thing today is that when people are looking for the truth 
And whatever's happened in their life, the things that have gone on, they, they wake up and they begin to, to cry out and they're looking for the truth. When people are longing for hope, oh, I've tried all these areas and I can't find any hope. And they got to the place that they're longing for hope and they're dying in the absence of truth. When they start to look for the truth, they're finally looking for the truth. They receive total garbage. And most of the time it's passed off in the hands of the church. Oh, how discouraging that is. They cry out, oh, that that I would find hope and all that's there is a lie and a falsehood and the church has promoted it. Jesus says, do not go after them. How do we not go after them? I'm gonna be very practical. How do we not go after them? It's right here. We have to know the truth. Not a denomination's version of the, of the truth, not a preacher's version of the truth. We have to know the truth. We have to order our lives according to the truth. We have to put the truth in our marriages and put the truth in our home. We have to embrace and study and know the truth right here. How are we not led away by the false teaching? We have to know the truth. Jesus says, do not go after them. Do you know the truth? Are you living intentionally in these days? Do you know the truth? The garbage is out there. Scares me to death. Jesus says, do not go after them. Verse 9. When you hear of wars and disturbances, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first. But the end does not follow immediately. Jesus says here in verse 9, when you hear of wars and and disturbances. Now listen, when you hear, when you hear, not if you hear, when you hear of wars and disturbances, he says, do not be terrified. Now terrified is a word that means an irrational response. It means spooked or, or panicked, like you're caught off guard and you're terrified and you fly into an irrational response. When you hear of wars, when you hear of all these upheavals, when you hear of the disturbances, do not act like you're caught off guard. The Bible says, for these things must take place first. It translates, it is fitting for these things to take place. Get this today. That's expected. That, that, that is normal. Now think about that. That's, a, that's the normal response. As our world is removed from God, as they move further from the truth of God, when God's word and the gospel of Jesus Christ are rejected, the natural response is not that there's going to be more peace. The natural response is there's going to be the absence of peace. And as the world turns their back on the truth of God and the good news of God and they march away from God, they're going to walk away and they're going to walk in the absence of the peace of God. And war and dissension and backbiting and hatred and chaos is going to be the order of the day expected. For us, for believers, now listen, that doesn't mean that wars and rumors of wars ought not upset us. Those are upsetting things. On Memorial Weekend this weekend, Memorial Day, it's an upsetting thing, those wars. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't get upset, but it means that we should expect it. 
Now, let me tell you this in our generation. Be very sure. Now, listen. It doesn't matter how enlightened the world gets. And that's, that's promoted today is the, the, the hope of the world is enlightenment. And if we'll just enlighten our young people, if they'll just become enlightened, you know what, let me tell you, it doesn't matter how enlightened the world gets. It doesn't matter how educated the world gets. Oh, the hope of the next generation is a greater education. It doesn't matter how educated the world gets. It doesn't matter how tolerant the world gets. Oh, if we could just look over our fault, if we would just be more tolerant, we're gonna find peace. Listen to me. It it doesn't matter how enlightened we get, how educated we get, how tolerant we become, there will not be peace until in walks the Prince of Peace. That's when there's going to be peace. Oh, if we could build hope for a new generation, listen, it's found in Jesus. Oh, if we could change the world and find peace, there's only going to be peace in Jesus. He is our answer. Verse 10. Then he continued by saying to them, nation will rise against nation. You watch the news. And kingdom against kingdom. In this atmosphere, as we walk off from the truth of God, hate is going to escalate. Violence is going to breed. War is going to be commonplace. Aggression is going to be the mark of the day. And Jesus says, in this atmosphere, nation will rise up against nation. Kingdom is going to flare up and rise up against kingdom. People are going to be against people, and that will be the norm of the day. Verse 11. And there will be great earthquakes, and in various places plagues and famines, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. The signs, there's going to be great earthquakes. And in various places, you're going to hear about plagues and you're going to hear about famines. There's going to be droughts that are going to be going on. And it's not just going to be the normal thing. But it says there's going to be terrors, fearful sights, objects of, of, shark, of just sheer terror. There's going to be great signs from heaven, talking about miraculous signs from God. And we're going to stop right there today. We're going to spend two more weeks coming up on the times of the signs. But on this day, I want to go back to this question. As Christians, now listen, you've seen the signs, you've heard them. As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, are we living intentionally in these days? Are we living with a purpose in these days? Or are we just passing through these days? Are we just wasting our precious time? Are we found just working jobs and paying bills and going to events and squandering these days, chasing things that are going to pass away, chasing things that are going to not last? Can't we see the signs? Can't we discern the time that we're in? Don't we believe that Jesus is coming again very soon? Don't we believe that today? Are we living intentionally as followers of Jesus Christ? This week we saw time is precious. James says life is but a vapor. It's gone. And in just a second, the plans of these days do not matter. Oh, we put so much in the plans of these days. And in just a second, the plans of these days do not matter. 
the priorities of these days. Oh, this is important, and oh, this is success, and oh, this is what I have to accomplish. And in just a second, the priorities of these days do not matter. What would it take? Listen, what would it take that we would live like that? What would it take for us to say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, the only hope I have, the only hope of all mankind? What what would it take to say those that miss him are going to perish for eternity? And I believe it. What would it take to say he's coming again? Look at the signs. They're lining up. Time is urgent. What would it take that we would live like it matters, that we would live like we believe? Listen to me. Time is short. Time is urgent. Discern the times. If you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, discern the time. His grace is offered to you today. The Bible says we're all sinners. In sin, we've earned a punishment. In great grace, God sent his only begotten son. He lives a life of no sin. He dies in your place. He dies in my, pla- in my place. He pays the penalty. He takes God's wrath, poured on, on him for sin. He's put in the grave. He's dead. And he comes, and in the power of a living God, he walks out of the grave. He stands as the risen Savior, and he offers you salvation, forgiveness, restoration, hope. Discern the days. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, do it today. Don't walk out of here without that settled. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, do it today. If you have, if you have, let this week, let this message, let this day be your wake-up call. Oh, God, forgive me where I've been distracted. Oh, God, forgive me where I've been lured back into things of the world, things that are going to matter. Let this be a a wake-up call. God, I believe Jesus is coming again very soon. I believe only the eternal, what lasts, is going to matter. Let that shape my life walking out of this room. Let this be that day. What would it take? Don't let us be so hard. Don't let us be so ignorant that it takes more than we've seen. Let this be that day. Let this be that day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come today, and I'm thankful that in a world that's quickly peeling apart, in a world that heaps heartbreak and pain unimaginable upon us, in a world where we suffer from the fall, we suffer from the consequence of our own rotten sin, in a world that seems dark and hopeless, That there is peace in Jesus. That there is hope in Jesus. I pray that that we would discern the times today. I pray for those in this room that do not have a relationship with Christ. I pray that they would set down their pride. They would put down what's hindering them. And today they they would put their faith in Jesus for the salvation of their life. Pray that you'd move in their hearts even now, right now. I pray for us in this room that are believers today. I pray that we wouldn't be so numb, maybe so comfortable, so distracted, 
we wouldn't discern the times and live accordingly. Lord, I pray that you move today. Move today in our hearts. Move today. We lay it all at your feet. We ask and our hope is that you be glorified. We lift up the name of Jesus Christ. And in his name I pray, amen.